Welcome to this week's edition of Everything Fast Pitch, sponsored by Fast Pitch Prep. Coach Don and I are here in the Cherokee Batting Range podcast studio this morning, getting ready to record episode number 158. Got a really good show lined up for you this week. In our warm-up segment, we're going to talk about our city of the week, our player of the week. We've got a little bit of a hint about something that we're going to be talking about here very quickly, about our person that we want to recognize that's done something really special uh, that's got some softball connections. We're also going to do our equipment tip of the week, our did you know, and of course, Paige's power play. In our leadoff topic, we're going to talk about something that I think kind of hits close to home is the never-ending discussion about our parents unhappy because they're just unhappy or are they unhappy because their kids play for bad coaches? The things that kind of go yeah. in and around that discussion. We're also going to talk in our cleanup topic about some crazy endings and some big games. There was a bunch of stuff that went on in the world of college softball and some other places um, with some things that are just kind of mind benders that we wanted to talk about a little bit and kind of give us a chance to build on some discussions that we've had in the past. And then for our coaching tip of the week, we've got a really simple one that we want to talk to our coaching friends about. Stop stacking up the empty five-gallon bucket because something bad's <laughs> going to happen. So, Don, for episode number 158, first off, let's talk about our sponsors. We want to talk about the Anderson Bat Company. Everything Fast Pitch is very proud to have Anderson Bat Company as our presenting sponsor. Anderson Bat Company is using the latest and greatest bat technology to corner the market in the fast pitch world. They have the minus 9 rocket tech, the minus 10 carbon, and the minus 11 carbon light. Anderson Bat Company is using this technology to put a high-performing bat in the hands of hitters that really know the difference between a good bat and a great bat. We're also working with Anderson to provide a discount for all of our listeners. Go to the Anderson Bat Company website and order your bats. Use the EFP20 discount, which is for everything fast pitch, and you'll get a 20% discount. It's a great way for you to save a little bit of money on a great bat and also help support everything fast pitch at the same time. And just a little bit extra, if you noticed in the uh, promo this week, um, Anderson is doing a special discount for our listeners, so please make sure you check them out. We're super excited about having Anderson as part of the Everything Fast Pitch team. We also want you to check out patreon.com slash everythingfastpitch. Coach Don and I have been doing uh, Everything Fast Pitch and Coach Prep now for a little bit more than three years. It's something that we love doing, but there's just no nice way to say it. It costs us to do it. Patrons and uh, people that support us at patreon.com are really helping us keep this thing moving, keeping it going. So if you go to patreon.com slash everythingfastpitch, there's three different levels of support. You sign up to support us monthly, and for each level of support, there's a different level of reward that we give in return. But you certainly are helping us tremendously when you, when you become a patron. I promise that Coach Don and I are not getting rich in the uh, podcast business. We certainly enjoy doing it, but the patrons are keeping us uh, our head above water and keeping us moving forward. So please check out patreon.com slash everythingfastpitch. So our warm-up topic, Don, let's talk about our city of the week. City of the week is Little Rock, Arkansas. Little Rock, Arkansas. That's awesome. Yeah. One of those things that uh, is really exciting to us every week, you know, check out the numbers and uh, see where we're seeing spikes in the listeners. And uh, every time we see one, it's, it's uh, really encouraging to us. Um, you know, the podcast world is a numbers business. The more people that listen, the more people that download, the more people that subscribe gives us more value and, and puts us in a better position. And certainly we're excited when, when those numbers do go up. We want to thank the people in Little Rock, and we want to always uh, ask all of our listeners to get somebody you know to listen. If you can get them to listen once, uh, let Coach Don and I take it from there. We think that we can turn anybody into a regular uh, once they listen to a couple of episodes, because I know there's a lot of good stuff going on every week. We talk about things that are of interest to all kinds of people that love the game of fast-pitch softball. 
Cool. Like in Little Rock. Absolutely. So our player of the week this week comes to us from Texas, and her name is Cassidy Almy. She plays on the 14 and under 07 Texas Glory Denison. Had a really good week in the tournament a couple weeks ago. She's done a really good job with her team. Also wanted to give a quick little plug. She recently got the uh, Rocket Tech 33-9 minus nine nice. and has gone on a tear since then and uh, uh, inspired her coach to nominate her uh, for uh, the Player of the Week. So we just want to say congratulations to Cassidy Almy, Texas Glory Denison. Uh, you are the Fast Pitch Prep Player of the Week. Hey, great job. Um, next week, we're going to be talking about a very special story. And there's a former player who's now all grown up that started a food bank program when she was a very young softball player. And we're going to talk about that next week because we want to get a real in-depth story to tell and, and be able to share with you kinds of things that when we're always talking about, please nominate players of the week and kids that are doing great things. Um, there's a lot of great things that have been done or are, are being done on a regular basis by softball players, softball teams. It's something that we wanted to give a little bit of a tease to. Uh, make sure you listen next week, and we're going to talk about a very special program that's been going on for over 10 years now. Very um, it, cool. That is yeah. a really powerful thing and, and kind of touched my heart a little bit when I heard about it. So uh, we're always asking our uh, uh, listeners to nominate players of the week. I did a pretty uh, pathetic cry for help a couple weeks ago, uh, kind of whining <laughs> and crying about the fact that we weren't getting very many uh, player of the week Some nominations. Input. And so now we've gotten a few and uh, also got this uh, interesting story. Um, but so please make sure you nominate those people that uh, are worthy of recognition. It can be that they did a great job on the field or they can be uh, doing something great in the community. Uh, but uh, at Everything Fast Pitch and Fast Pitch Prep, we want to recognize those people. So please nominate them uh, by contacting us at everythingfastpitch at gmail.com or fastpitchprep at gmail.com. So Don, our equipment tip of the week, let's keep the conversation rolling about the Square Cuts training disc. Very nice. No, and again, we say it each week, but we've been getting more and more good feedback, being able to use it in many different ways, and it's been durable. It's just been a really good product, and I'm excited to share it. That's something that's going to be fun for everybody to try. Right. If you go to our uh, fastpitchprep.com website, you can order them there. There's also some videos on our YouTube channel that give you some ideas of how you can use them as a training tool. We will be adding some more videos here shortly. Um, life has just gotten a little bit crazy, and I have not had a chance to record in, here in a couple of weeks. Uh, but we're going to be adding some more uh, some more drills and some more ideas here pretty soon. Uh, but if you go to the uh, fastpitchprep.com website, the discs are $49.95 per dozen. And if you order them as a listener, you can use the uh, discount code ILISTEN21 and get a 10% discount. Or if you become a patron, our patrons get a 40% discount. So That's hopefully awesome. some motivation yeah. for people to... Uh, uh, decide to support us as patrons. And Don, let's talk about Anderson Bat Company. We've had a lot of positive feedback. You know, we are super excited to have them as a sponsor. Sponsorship aside, they're putting out a really good bat. No, the bat's been awesome, Tori. And, uh, you know, all the kids that are using them right now continue to give us good feedback. Many of them, you couldn't pry it out of their hands. And they're not even interested in trying anything else. But they've got more products that are going to be hitting the market really quick. I know they're going to have more of their carbon bat. And that's the drop 10. And again, with them working with us here at the podcast, it would be an exciting product for everybody to give a try. Absolutely. Uh, we're seeing all kinds of uh, different kids, different skill levels using the bat, still having uh, increased performance. Uh, one of my really talented younger hitters kind of had to almost leverage her into trying it because she was so in love with her other bat. You know, just convinced her to, well, just try it. You know, do me a favor, test it out a little just bit practice, for me. You know, right? yeah. you know, I, I, I want to know for sure how good it is. 
and uh, we started doing some uh, some exit speed testing in, in her lesson. After she took about 20, 25 swings, the exit speed was faster with the Anderson than it was with her other bat, nice. which, which shall remain nameless. I could see kind of the, the lights kind of in her eyes that, uh, wait a second, this thing's pretty good. And once she got comfortable with it, she was really starting to have some results. So I let her take it to practice. Now, she'd hit a couple of home runs in practice with the other bat. The one day that she took the Anderson minus nine rocket tech with her to practice, she hit four, and one was an absolute bomb. Isn't that cool? That's uh, so much fun. Yeah. We're lucky enough. We're going to have Tristan on with us here in a little bit, a uh, couple weeks, to talk about the science and the technology of what they're doing to hopefully give people a little bit of an understanding of what Anderson's doing that's different than the other people. There's nothing more powerful than to see the look on a kid's face when she just unloads on a ball and sees a ball go further than it's ever gone before when they're using a bat that can allow them that kind of performance. We're super excited about Anderson. It's great that they're going to be working with us. So if you go to the AndersonBat.com website and order directly from them, you enter the discount code EFP20, which is for everything fast pitch, you get a 20% discount. So the discount code is EFP20. Go ahead and order from them directly. They'll ship it right to you. It's a fast and easy way for you to get your hands on those bats. And we're certainly excited to be working with them, and we think you're going to love them once you get your hands on them. And, Tori, they're, they're very hands-on for their customer service. They're going to make sure that they take care of everybody, and uh, they've just been really neat to work with. Yeah, and, and I think that uh, now that as, uh, we're kind of on the backside of corona, companies are getting caught up. They're getting into, uh, to where they've got uh, things in stock and can take care of getting stuff shipped out on a, in a really timely manner. So go right to them, Anderson Bat Company. Make your order and and, uh, enter that discount code. So, Don, did you know we've been spending a lot of time talking about Division II records that are never going to be broken, but this week I decided I wanted us to talk about a Division I record that might just be broken. It's kind of gotten back into the uh, uh, limelight here in the last uh, week or so. Lauren Chamberlain is the career record holder for the number of home runs in a career. She has 95 for her career. There's been some discussion and uh, some conversation about uh, that record being challenged this year. There's a player who plays at Arizona. Her name is Jessie Harper. Jessie was discussed quite a bit because she played last year as um, one of the Corona kids that uh, got to play 20, 25 games, whatever it was last year before the season got canceled. And a lot of people were talking about how unfair it was that she had these extra games. And if she broke the record, it would be uh, you know, like it'd have to an be asterisk. an asterisk or whatever yeah. because... Uh, you know, she had all these extra chances. It had died down for the first couple of weeks of the season because Jesse wasn't hitting a whole lot of home runs. Well, she hit four last weekend. She's back. So she's up to 84 now, which means she's 11 short of tying the record, 12 short of beating the record. And if she stays on a, on a hot streak like she appears to be getting on, and I think uh, here in a couple there's of weeks, plenty of time. there's time yeah. for us to be talking about her potentially equaling or breaking that record. See, I'm thinking as you're going through this, Tori, that uh, we need to have it a record as per game played. Well, and would, that, would that be a... They have it broken down uh, in several different ways, but I think that, you know, just like anything else when we talk about it, the idea of the total number is just really easy to pay attention to. I don't think people are going to get very excited if we say, well, she hit .0771 home per runs game per played. game or whatever. <laughs> but so when we can say somebody hit 95 or somebody hit 100 or whatever it's it is, easy I think it's an calibrate. easy thing to calibrate. Yep. But so Jesse's on a roll right now, and uh, I think it's going to be interesting, of course, you know, playing out there in Arizona with that uh, desert air. Um, now, of course, they're playing the best competition you know, of uh, course. In, in the world, playing in the Pac-12. 
So I think that that certainly adds some uh, some Value shine to, to it. it. Yeah. Um, so many of the records that we were talking about because players played so many games back in the day. Well, this is a modern record. Lauren Chamberlain just played a few years ago. She played her whole career in the modern era of 56 regular season games and postseason. Um, Jesse Harper's played her whole career in the modern era of Under 56 smaller, games and, yeah. uh, and all that stuff. And so to me, it's going to be interesting to see. I'm excited to, to see because I think it's going to be one more level of conversation as we head down the the home stretch. Lauren Chamberlain, congratulations for being the current record holder, but go Jesse. We want it to get exciting. Let's check it out. um, It's not important to me who ends up holding the record, but I think it will be a lot of fun to have the discussion if it starts to get to be a heated battle here down the the home stretch. Excellent. So Don, that's going to lead us into this week's edition of Paige's Power Play. Hey, everyone. All right. So I wanted to talk about not being afraid to ask for what you want because I think especially growing up it can be an uncomfortable conversation or you feel like it's going to come off the wrong way or you're being too forward or too cocky or whatever it might be. We have all these these beliefs in our mind about going for what we want, asking for what we want and I want you to know that there is nothing wrong with talking with people who are above you, like your coaches or teachers or whoever it might be in your life, um, and like telling them and asking them for what you want. So whether that's playing time, whether that's um, you have some goals or dreams or things that you want, like don't be afraid to ask for what you want because a lot of times those people like coaches, teachers, bosses, whatever it might be, they've got a lot of other things on their mind. They've got all these different things to think about and you're just one small piece of the puzzle for them. It's not that they don't care, they've just got a lot of things on their plate typically. So if you go out of your way to ask for what you want, then you're more likely to get what you want and that's the end goal, that's what we want, that's what you want. So. I really wanted to kind of jump more into the topic of talking with coaches because this can be scary, it can be uncomfortable, um, it can make you really nervous, um, and but it, that is the main like vessel. That is what's going to get you to what you want. So you have to like get out of your comfort zone, and we're t- going to talk about this in a second, um, a little bit deeper. You have to get out of your comfort zone and talk with your coaches and know what your goals and dreams are. Because if you don't know where, you know, even what direction you wanna go to, it's hard to ask for what you want and know what you want. Um, And you definitely wanna know what you want and where you're going. It doesn't have to be exact and precise and you're like, I don't know what I want. Just like pick a direction and something that like excites you or that something that you wanna accomplish, whatever that might be. The other thing too, you guys, is like when you ask for what you want, when you put that into the world, you're speaking it into existence. And when you talk about it, when you speak about it, when you actually like putting it into the world, it's real, it's coming out of your mouth, coming out of your mouth, that means that you are like, you're just one step closer to really making that happen. Even though you may or not have taken action to make it happen or you haven't um, you know, gotten very far with that goal or that dream, you're speaking it into existence. And that is actually taking action. That's the first step. It's almost like an accountability piece now that I'm thinking about it. Um, but yeah, let's try to jump back, like getting out of your comfort zone and talking with coaches, because I know that this can be with, have to do with playing time. It could be with 
to have to do with you know what you want to do this season what college you want want to go to what how you want to take things to the next level it can be any of the above but you have to get out of your comfort zone to talk with those coaches and i know from experience that it can be scary it can be nerve-wracking the um, exact experience that comes to mind when I think about this is with my college coach, Kate Drohan. Um, and she, what I love about what Kate did um, with all of us, with us as players, is she made sure to spend one-on-one -on -one time with all of us. Um, and I believe we had quarterly meetings, I think it was quarterly, where we um, had a meeting with Kate and I remember just being so nervous. And honestly, I kind of dreaded the meetings because I didn't know like what was going to come out of it or if you know if I wasn't you know doing good enough or living up to my potential or whatever it might be we talked about grades we talked about school we talked about life and it was it was nerve-wracking it was scary it was like what's gonna happen <laughs> and I made it so much worse in my mind than what it actually ended up being because every single time I came out of that meeting no matter if it was really amazing talk and like excited, powerful stuff. Or if, you know, I was super emotional in that meeting, like no matter what it was, I came out of there just relieved and um, honestly feeling more empowered and having more direction and knowing, you know, what I need to work on or what I need to focus on or that I'm doing an amazing job, whatever it might have been. It felt like a huge weight lifted off my shoulders. And I also would talk to her about what I want. I was like, I want to be a better hitter. I want more out of myself. I'm not, I'm, I don't feel like I'm where I should be at. I want to keep working at this. What should, what do you, like, what's your advice? And that's the other amazing thing is they're going to give you advice. They're going to help point you in the right direction, even when you don't know what you want sometimes. So I know that those that those conversations with coaches or just anyone, teachers, professors, parents, adults, whatever it might be, mentors, uh, they can be scary. But my biggest piece of advice is come prepared, write out your goals, map out your goals, your dreams, things that you want, think about what you really want and like write out what you want to to ask and talk about with those people, with those coaches, so that you're going prepared, you're gonna feel even better, even though it's still gonna be a little bit nerve wracking or scary or what um, those feelings, but you're gonna come prepared and it's going to be so much better and you're gonna get everything that you need out because those conversations can be emotional and that's okay. Um, last thing is with these goals, with the things that you want, what you're asking for from your coaches or um, whoever it might be, also, make sure that you're visualizing those things. Visualize accomplishing your goals. Visualize yourself accomplishing your dreams. You know, if you're speaking it into existence now, like actually see it happening. And it's going to, like the more that you practice doing like all these moving pieces, the more that you are, like you're going to accomplish those goals. You're gonna accomplish those dreams because you're talking about it, you're asking for it, you're visualizing it, you're taking action and it's going to happen. So <laughs> to wrap this all up, don't be afraid to ask for what you want. So Don, that's going to take us into our lead-off topic. Our lead-off topic is sponsored by Elite Sporting Goods. Elite Sporting Goods is located at 905 Grayson Highway in Lawrenceville, Georgia. Phone number is 678-377-0270. You can also contact them at EliteSportsOrders at Yahoo.com. Uh, bats, balls, gloves, spirit wear, uniforms, whatever you need, reach out to the folks at Elite. 
and they're going to be able to hook you up. So, Don, been at the ballpark quite a bit here so far this uh, early year. Which um, is awesome. Had several tournaments yeah. and uh, several chances to get out and play. And here's, I guess, one of the things that I'm just trying to, to come to grips with because I keep seeing and hearing and listening and overhearing and wandering past and every which way you can possibly be exposed to really unhappy parents. Now, not so much with our team, at least right. not that I'm aware of. Sure. So many really unhappy parents. And um, the thing that uh, I wanted us to talk about is what's the root cause of that? And, and is it that just people just are naturally unhappy or naturally pessimistic? Is it that we really have that many bad coaches that so many parents are mad at their coaches all the time that it's warranted? Or where in the middle the truth lies? Cobra Kai this year, you've, you ever watched Cobra Kai, Don? <laughs> Only a couple of brief little moments. that Everybody at home has watched it, yeah, so They love um, it. It's so good. They're, they're, they're talking about the two protagonists, you know, Daniel and, uh, and Johnny, and how one sees things 100% his way, the other one sees things 100% the other way, yeah. and then somewhere in the middle is the truth. And I think that somewhere in the middle is the truth of the discussion of why there's so many unhappy parents. One of the things that I couldn't help but make me really shake my head, and Don, you can jump in on this, because you, you've called a pitcher too as a catcher back in the day. Sure. And there's a line in uh, my favorite baseball movie of all time, Bull Durham, when Crash Davis is, is calling the, the game, he's behind the plate, and Nuke Lelouch starts shaking him off. And Crash's line is something along the lines of, this guy's throwing a two-hit shutout in the bottom of the ninth inning, and he's going to start shaking me off. Right. The comparable softball story I heard was sitting uh, not too far away from a mom complaining about the pitch calling in a game where her daughter was throwing a no-hitter. So the <laughs> daughter, that the, the daughter's throwing a no-hitter. She's dominating. And, but it should be better. And, and, and mom was 10 feet away from me in the bleachers. Why aren't they calling this? Why don't they call that? Why don't they call this pitch? They're not even calling her whatever pitch. Maybe, She's so good at this and that and the maybe, other thing. Maybe that was to cover just in case she did get a hit. I'm not sure what right? it was, but I mean, to be, I to be that loud and that unhappy in public, questioning what the coaches are doing while your daughter's throwing a no-hitter just made me... <laughs> shake my head for a second and try to figure out what in the world is going on in our game. I can only think, Tori, that that's just an insurance policy just in case somebody gets a hit here coming soon. Right. But still, yeah, even yeah. if she gives up a hit, you know, it's, it's the a fifth one... inning. She's got a no-hitter going, and all we can do is complain about everything that the coaches are doing. Right. Now, I don't know this team very well. I don't know this player at all. I haven't been around them enough to really know what the dynamic is within that team because we're just sitting there waiting for the that game to get done so that we could take the field for our next game. But to me, it, it's just one of these things. And I think that uh, you know, being on the coaching side of this, I understand that when you whatever decision you make as a coach, there's always going to be people that think it's the greatest idea ever. And there's people that are going to always question it. Sure. And I understand from the parent perspective that when you're a mom or a dad watching your kid play, you're a lot more focused on your kid than you are anything else that's going on. So there's kind of a selfish human nature kind of, of way of seeing it, thinking about what's best for my kid. What do you think? I mean, is it that no, there's just well, unhappy there, people? I mean, I'm, I'm trying to get my head wrapped around this. No, I know. And you know what? It's, it's so early in the season, too, whether it's the pitching, hitting, fielding. I mean, things we haven't had time to really get into our full stride. But there's so many things that happen on the other side of the fence between the, between the lines in regards to working on pitches, 
you go back into the dugout, well, my drop ball isn't on. It's not feeling good. So, of course, Mom, I'm not throwing the drop ball, right? And uh, But Mom doesn't know that because she's sitting out there wondering why Because she's on the other not. side of the fence, right. yeah. So there's a lot of behind-the-scene things that might be happening. And, um, you know, she might be feeling really good with a particular pitch, so she's going to it more. And, and you know, not knowing that stuff, it's easy to, to kind of fall into that trap. But I wish that they could really sit back and enjoy the kids having a great time playing ball. And, right. And coaches experimenting with things and challenging them to, you know, let's see if we can do this. You know, it's just a joyful thing for them to get a chance to do that. Uh, I hate when it gets spoiled for the people also beside her watching, right? right. Yeah, yeah. That's and, tough. and and to me, the thing that I just couldn't really, I guess, comprehend is so loud, so public, so mm-hmm. vocal. I have nothing you know to do what, with this team. I'm I'm ten feet away, and and I know that they've already got problems on a a team that was throwing a no hitter. But the sad part is too, you know, where the attention's being drawn to, not to the kid in the circle, right? To the mom. Yeah, yeah. So, but anyhow, so I I wanted us to talk about that because the the thing that uh, I think for our coaches and for our parents it's important is that you know the 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 two sides to every coin. You know, we want to be mad at our coach because they play the same lineup all the time. Or we want to be mad at our coach because they make changes just for the sake of making changes and there's no logic behind it. You know, we want to be mad because our coach has really strict rules and, and holds our kids accountable. Expectations. But yeah. then we want to be mad because whatever the flip side it's is. Not, you know, it's, it's something's just, it's, not happening. Right. It's it's just it's a it's a never ending discussion about you know that the coach is really never going to be right. And I'm not looking for us to say, oh, coaches are all good, because let's just be honest, there's bad coaches at all levels. Sure. You know, sure. Um and and whether you're talking, you know, all the way up at the you know college and professional level, all the way down to the lowest level of entry level sports in any sport, there are people that are coaching that either are not qualified to do it, you know, for whatever reason, you know, and, and sometimes it's no fault of their own, you know, they're just thrust into the position, you know, out of out of necessity. I, I want to give some credence to the unhappy parents because every once in a while I think there's a reason that they are and I think they have a legitimate reason to be unhappy with sure. what's going on within a team. But I also want us to try to find some sort of middle ground where we can kind of start to coexist a little bit. And instead of uh, being so unhappy going to the ballpark, being ready to be mad going to the ballpark, being ready to be frustrated going to the ballpark. We kind of just go to the ballpark. <laughs> and go have a good time. And, 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 and enjoy. enjoy the kids. Yep. So well, here, here's the thing I'm thinking too, Tori, is there's always an opportunity for those people that are so quick to critique to actually do it. You can slide on the other side, grab yeah. the clipboard and get going, right? Yeah. And, and the other thing that, uh, that hit close to home, and the, this is something that I've seen over and over again, Parents that are so vocal and so unhappy with how their kids are playing that not only do they question the coaches, but they question their own kids or they get after their own kids. And I'm, you know, and again, I think you made a, a key point about our, our pitcher's mom who was so mad because her no hitter daughter wasn't throwing her drop ball enough. But the parents that are so worried that somebody's going to notice that their kid didn't get a hit that they turn into the uh, hitting experts, the, the hitting coaches screaming through the fence at their kids you know, from pitch to pitch or at bat to at bat or when they're on the on-deck circle trying to, you know, coach them up or, or, or make up for the fact that their kids are not doing well. And what a great message for a kid to feel like they have to. Right. Right? I have to rather than I'm going to. Yeah. That's well, and, tough. And, and one of the things that, that I keep seeing, and, this, and, and again, I, I think that it's well-intended. You know, I think that there are, that when parents or, or coaches or whoever it is are, are making these statements, 
you know, harping on the kids or yelling through the fence to the kids, that they really think they're helping. Right. They really do think that they're going to make a difference and help that, that child miraculously start hitting with or a little pitching extra, better with a little or extra whatever. Pressure. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, the old, uh, you know, if you, if you rub two pieces of coal together hard enough, you get a diamond kind of thing. <laughs> I don't know if it's that we really want our kids to do better or we want to make sure that nobody thinks our, that it's we, our fault our kids are doing poorly. Or that we, we don't, we're not concerned as well. Right. For all our unhappy parents, because I'm sure we have some people that are listening to this going, well, of course I'm unhappy. My daughter's coach sucks. This My time, daughter's coach stinks. He's terrible or she's terrible. She doesn't know what she's doing. What do you, what do you think about this, Tori? This time of year is so tough because we've, been working so hard for so long indoors going 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 and the expectation to get out there and and show what we've accomplished in all this uh you know winter training is a little bit of pressure for everybody right. and, and honestly we just need a few weekends and and a number of consistent at bats and ground balls and things like that in the dirt that uh, it's just going to take a little time and everything's going to gel and work out well i think that the one thought i i had in this whole thing is something that we've talked about in the past. If you've chosen a team for your kid to play on, at some point in time, you must have had faith in the fact that that coach was capable, able, willing to help your child. That we made a good choice. Yeah, that, that you picked yeah. the team for, for a reason. If we've gotten to the point where we're sure we made a, made a bad choice, that we picked the wrong coach, then we need to find a new team. Instead of sitting in the stands being mad and frustrated and angry and and questioning everything that the coach is doing, we need to find a better coach. Be sure it doesn't happen on the next team, too. Right. right? Well, you know, and, and, and the old, uh, <laughs> you know, if you can't tell who the jerk is in the room, you better look in the mirror because if you can't figure out who it is, it's probably you. So, you know, if we've trusted this, entrusted our kid to play on a team because we think this is the right coach for, for our daughter's development, then we have to give it time, like you said. We have to see how it's going to play out. We have to give it enough room to breathe because <laughs> the mom who was so unhappy best i can figure this is you know their second or third tournament of the quote-unquote spring season and i don't know how long she's been on this team but if she's been on this team for a very long time complaining for this long about every pitch that gets right. called for her daughter then they've been on the wrong team for a long time kind of take a step back and 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 give it some room give it some time to sort itself out and when you come to the point where you're so unhappy that your daughter's being coached that poorly, spend zero time trying to complain about it, just find a new team. No doubt. And again, it's not worth all the all the effort to to be dissatisfied unsatisfied. Right. Disheartened there. You yeah. Know, and and obviously there's gonna be some circumstances where it's not that easy. If if you were assigned to a rec team, then I think, you know, and in, in, in your early stages of your of your parenting and playing kids playing career you wish that they were on a better team, then I think your point of that's the point where the mom or dad who thinks they know better should be getting involved in coaching <laughs> because right. the rec level is where people find out if they really want to coach. Right. You know, it's where you jump in with your kids when they're young and decide, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to coach my daughter because I think I know a little bit about this game and I think I can help her and I think I can help the team. Yeah, it's a tough, it's a tough thing. And again, I, just, I feel for the coaches as well because they're, they're giving a lot. Right of themselves too. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, th there, there's very few coaches that are are making a whole lot of money for coaching. None of them are doing it on these travel teams and rec teams that uh, that we're talking about now. You know, certainly, you know, I think you, if your daughter's playing on a college team in a high level college program, you certainly should be able to expect a certain level of coaching 
there. You know, when we're talking about travel ball, rec ball, those kinds of things where the coaches are <laughs> donating and volunteering and doing the best they can. You know, they've got a real job nine to five Monday through Friday, and they're showing up and giving their whole weekend to coach the team. The planning, think, the emails, the phone calls. the Yeah. Oh. So I think we need to all cut everybody a little bit of slack. So last week we talked about the idea of instead of getting in, in, into the car in the morning already to be mad at the umpires, let's get into the car next game, next tournament, and make up our minds that we're not getting in the car already to be mad at our coaches. Wait for something exciting to happen yeah. and enjoy it. And, yeah. and if you are the unfortunate soul who's on a team that is badly coached by a bad coach, recognize that and find a different team. And just spend less time being mad about it. No, I think that's good advice, Tori. So, sure. so unhappy parents or bad coaches, it's a little bit of both in some cases, but a lot of times I think we just got to change our attitude a little bit to have a little bit of a different perspective when we start the day and hopefully things will go a little bit better. So on our cleanup topic this week, we are blessed to have so much college softball on TV, you know, between the ESPN Plus and the SEC Network and the ACC Network and Longhorn Network and Pac-12 and all the different schools that do their own little broadcasts and everything else, you want to watch a team play softball for sure at the Division One level. You've had a chance to watch almost any team you want to watch. Good stuff, yeah. And, and it's really, really exciting. Of course, now we're getting into the time of the year where more and more of the uh, big-time games are going to be on the main networks. Um, yeah. I know this weekend for Easter weekend, we've got SEC, Big 12, Big 10 softball all over the networks, and it's really exciting to see. With a lot of softball on TV and a lot of social media and a lot of coverage, we get to see a lot of crazy stuff happening. So I got two what that I got? saw this what week. Got? I want us to talk about both of them. So number one, Washington was playing Arizona State. Bottom of the last inning, bottom of the seventh inning, and Arizona State has a winning run at third base. Great teams, yep. yeah. Washington, you know, Arizona State, two top 10, top 20 teams, whatever it is, playing in a killer be killed, all or nothing, you know, series, Conference. you know, it means everything. Arizona State has, I think it was runners at uh, second and third, and they try a squeeze. Runners coming from third, she breaks on the pitch, the batter's. Squares around a bunt, but she misses the bunt. Catcher catches the pitch. So now we've got the runner at third in a rundown. Right-handed right -handed batter? Right-handed batter. Yep. Okay, so we miss the squeeze, and here's where the fun starts. Washington has the Arizona State runner in a rundown between third and home. A couple of throws. They chase her back towards third base, where the other runner is now standing at third, at third base. base. There okay, you go. Quick base running 101. If you have a runner in a rundown, she's going to end up being out most of the time. So the next runner, the trail runner, should all advance as far as they can. And so stay that, there. Yeah, so that when the dust settles, at least we still have a runner at third. Absolutely. Well, they run the girl back to third. She dives in. She's safe at third. With the other runner at third? Right, for just a split second. She <laughs> slides in at third and clearly is safe. But the Washington runner or Washington defenders clearly don't know that they called the runner at third safe. The runner that was returning to third safe. Right. Okay. So the one that was in the rundown, the, uh, part, of the, part of the busted squeeze, dives back in at third and she's safe. Well, Washington clearly thought that she was out because then the second runner started hightailing it back to second. So they go tearing after her, trying to get her into a rundown so they can get a double play. Excellent. So what does the runner at third do? They get up. The runner gets up at third, and goes home, off. and scores the winning run. 
And so according to Twitter and, and uh, you know, social media and, and, and everything in the world, that Washington awesome. just got this game stolen from them by that bad is. umpiring and bad officiating, and they were out to get them and home cooking and all this stuff. And, of course, the Arizona State fans clap back with, uh, you know, learn, learn the rules, people, and that all this stuff. Awesome. So, so this thing blows up. Moral to the story is tag the trail runner. Tag the second runner because she's not entitled to third base. The first runner is entitled to the base. A simple miscommunication about which one they should have tagged to get the first out led to a quote-unquote walk-off win. So this is a huge teachable moment, Tori, because I hadn't even proposed this in my head. Right. You know, leading up to yeah. this. That's so, awesome. So because we had two runners at third base for just a split second, they tagged the wrong runner, then thought they were going to have a jackpot and get out of the mess by getting a double play. Instead, because two runners cannot occupy right. one base, and the yeah. first runner is the one who legally can occupy it. That's so when hers. she makes it back to third, she's the because safe of the one. because of the botched rundown. Yep, it's her base. She's the safe one. So tagging her doesn't do anything. She's safe, and the second one is the one that is now in play. Well, now so they go chasing after her. She gets close to second. They make a tag play. Everything gets all tangled up. The girl scores from third. Walk off win. See, I was about to get upset with the trail runner. Right. But. So we got this crazy play going on, and and the the moral to the story is the umpires got it right. Arizona State took advantage of you know uh, I guess w- is this is definitely one of those three wrongs do make a right for somebody <laughs> kind of things. So we blew the squeeze. Yep. We get into a rundown. Did a great job getting... We mess up the rundown and let her get back to third base. We doubly mess up the rundown because we tagged the wrong runner. Then we triply mess up the rundown by chasing after the second runner, thinking that we're going to get a double play and losing track of the run that ended up being the winning run. Now, when you watch it... I think it's more important to guard home plate, don't you? But when you watch it, it's easy to see how it could get so screwed up. Get unfolding, yeah. we're, We're talking about... Maybe the best defensive player on the planet is Sis Bates, the shortstop at Washington. Right. And she's the one that's chasing this poor girl back to second base while the winning run is scoring. So if the best defensive player in all of college softball can get confused in this situation, that's what I really wanted us to talk about. Because we spend all this time talking to our coaching friends and our players and parents about knowing the rules and learning the situations and knowing how these things all impact each other. Talk about an important moment for this to unfold, right. right? And so when the best player on one of the best teams can make this kind of mistake, maybe we can all take a second and think about how ridiculous it is that we're screaming at a nine-year-old because she doesn't know this rule. To expect, yeah. Right? For the or, infield or, fly. Yeah, or being yeah. mad at a 12-year-old because they messed something up on, on, on a rule or drop or, third strike yeah. or, or obstruction or interference or whatever it is. I just thought it was kind of an interesting thing because it's it's the biggest stage, the very best players showing that even they can make mistakes. And let's just be honest. I mean, you know, if if you said, you know, Tori, you can pick one player to pick out of all of college softball to start your team with. I'm thinking Sis right. Bates is in the is in the discussion for the player you want on your team more than anybody else playing the game. I love it. Right. Yeah. So if if she can be caught up in a situation like this so on a team. Like Washington, which, I mean, if if there's a better softball coach than Heather Tarr on the planet, we just talked about bad coaches versus unhappy parents you know, in the last segment. If there's a better softball coach on the planet than Heather Tarr, I want to meet her. 
that situation, that team, that stage, that all that stuff where you've got the very best of the best all going at each other, to see that kind of a play unfold. I think it was a really exciting thing to see, but I think it was a really important message to all of our listeners, all of our parents, all of our players. If the best can make a mistake in a situation like that, we need to kind of understand how it's okay. How we're, you know, we're, gonna, we're all human. Gonna have you know, those uh, things like that are going to happen. And the other thing that was really kind of uh, a breath of fresh air was for all the uh, you know quote unquote controversy that people wanted to point to that the umpires did a bad job. The umpires got it exactly right. They did a great job. We're all in the right place to do what they were supposed to do in a crazy play where like eighteen different things were all going on at the same time. That is awesome. It's interesting that it happened at that point of a game rather than in the first inning. Oh yeah, right. I well, mean, that's, that's what makes it so much fun to talk exciting. about. I mean, yeah. it was the game winning blown <laughs> squeeze play. And messed up rundown, but I think they, you know did those the batter kinds of just things, did the batter just miss the ball? Just missed or was it. it a yeah, just missed or? it. No, just missed it. Kind of like we've all had happen to us when we've called the squeeze play once or twice in our lives, it's right? Like, oops. Okay. So the second one, and this one, I don't have the same context to the story. I just saw the clip. Um, I think it was a high school game, but I could be mistaken. I don't want to identify all the particular people in this one because this one is a little bit more um, keep it guarded. Yeah. yeah. Well. So we have a runner at first, have a runner at second, a hitter up to bat. Hitter hits a ball out in the gap. Looks like it might get caught, might not get caught. Right center, it's one of those right center. center gaps. Right center, okay. So the runner at first kind of takes her lead off, you know, kind of goes maybe halfway-ish. As she should. As she should. So make sure it gets down. Make sure it gets down. Yep. Well, while that's happening, guess what the hitter does? She goes right Peels, past the girl at right first. Behind her. No, goes right past her, goes to second, and ends up at third. No. So the hitter How ends up at be? third. The runner who started at first ended up at second. How old are these guys? Uh, they they we were got, high school-ish. We, I'm just going to put it that way. I was going to say, we got some quick quick, quick kids right. there, So, too. So the, the hitter hits a missile, and she's digging. She's she, you know, nothing to think about. She's thinking, hey, I'm getting a double or a triple out so of this. So the runner on first kind of... So, so, but the runner at first did the right thing, too. She hesitated somewhere in she, there. She got halfway-ish, waited to see what was happening, and then as soon as the ball got passed, she started to run. Well, as soon as she started to run, guess what she saw in front of her? The hitter was in front of her digging for the next base. Ends up happening. The play's over. The base runner who started at first ends up at second. The hitter who hit the ball ended up at third. Runner at second out? They're both out. They're both out? Right. So it ended okay. up being a double play. Or at least that's how it was interpreted in the game. I'm not. It I was think, a double, all right. I know huh? for yeah. sure the hitter has to be out for passing the runner ahead right. of her. That would make sense. Yeah. yeah. And so, but. Talk about crazy stuff that you might not you ever see. see. Yeah. Now, you know, because we've all seen the, you know, the the base runner round second, thinking the ball is going to get, you know, be a double or a triple, and the outfielder makes a great catch, and all of a sudden they cut back across the infield I trying love, to go back to first I and love that kind that of stuff. One. But I've never that. in my life seen the after the play is over, the hitter one base ahead of the runner who started on base and ahead of her. I'd like for them to act like nothing happened. Well, that's what they tried doing, but everybody <laughs> figured it out. But that one was on, on social media. You know, if you, I'm sure you can track it down if you want to. But so all this craziness, Don, I think one of the things that's so much fun about uh, all the games on TV and the social media stuff and, and people broadcasting games now is we get to see it and talk about it. Because I think what it ultimately ends up being is a chance for our listeners 
and a chance for the players and parents and coaches that listen to the show to kind of have a, a little bit of a different perspective on it. One, to kind of keep things in perspective about what's going on in their games, but also to talk about things and to learn things from mistakes that other people make. So obviously we know the hitter in that situation, the second game that we talked about, should have been more disciplined. She should have you know, seen what was unfolding in front of her and stayed behind the runner. Tori, she was excited. She had a triple. Right. But but I think it's a chance for us to kind of remind our, our players, remind ourselves as coaches, some of these things that just seem so obvious, yeah. that seem so clear-cut. You know, in the, the Washington-Arizona State game, the tag-the-trail runner thing is something that I can picture not being covered very often in practice. Oh, absolutely. So that yeah. one's kind of obscure. That one's a little bit, you know, out there that you know, maybe... You know, this is a great opportunity now for all of us as coaches to remind our kids, well, how do you handle it if there's two runners on base? So uh, just to review on that, so Washington thought they, they were both in, in contact with third, is that, and Correct. they just touched the girl. They tagged the, the first runner. The lead runner, even though she was, I, they didn't think they got her on the way back. No, I think they thought that by tagging right. her there that they were getting that her out. That was an out. I got right. you. Yeah. And, so, and then, of course, when the other girl's like, well, you didn't tag me yet. I'm tearing off back to second. Nice. But so the second one is one that you know, we would think is really clearly obvious that you should never pass the base runner ahead of you. Sure. But if it can happen in this game, maybe it's, again, something else that we need to remind our players. We need to remind our coaches to remind their players. We need to practice it a little bit. So how do we handle that ball? That gets crushed out in the gap, but we're not sure if it's going to get on the ground or not. I, you know, how do, I, how do we teach our base runners to handle that? How do we teach our hitters to handle we that? We should add in the conversation at the end when they said, I wasn't going to let her hold me up to a double. <laughs> right. right. So, But in, in, instead, you ended up with the world's <laughs> longest double play or whatever it ended up being, right? right. So all these things that uh, are, are happening, I think, are really good learning opportunities and chances for us as coaches and parents and players to just be better prepared to start to recognize all these things and to give us as, as fans of the game something to talk about, something that's fun and, and exciting to see, but definitely something that's worth uh, reminding our players about. Teach them, learn, and, and, yeah. and, and maybe not end up on a YouTube uh, video <laughs> or a uh, not top 10 plays of the day kind of thing on ESPN. That's um, awesome. Because you know, all that stuff's meant to be in funny and, and, and all that kind of good stuff. If you're Sis Bates and everybody knows you're one of the best players in the world and you make a mistake, you know, you can kind of bank on the history of how amazing you are to kind of get over it pretty quickly and not let it tear you down. But if you're the unknown player on some high school team that ends up being on America's, um, you know, funniest home videos or uh, ESPN's not top 10 plays of the day, that's a little bit harder to live with, I think. So if, like you said earlier, though, Tori, if we go to the park with a, an open mind and an excitement for the day and uh, you never know, some of these fun things happen. Our coaching tip of the week, Don. This is one of those things that just kind of came across my Facebook feed, and it reminded me of something that I've had to deal with you know, a few thousand times in my life. When you coach long enough, you end up with a collection of buckets. And we'd like to think that if you have a bunch of five-gallon buckets, that all five-gallon buckets would be created equal, wouldn't you? Absolutely. So you can take that stack of five-gallon buckets and you can put them five deep, ten deep, whatever it is. They take up less space, Tori. Right. You can clean up the shed. You can clean up the trailer. You know, have a little bit more room for more stuff by stacking them up. Five buckets turned into one, didn't it? Turned into one. When three or four full-size adults are all yanking and pulling and prying and trying to figure out how to get these things apart, and they are, I mean, they Vacuum are sealed. stuck. Vacuum they are not coming apart. Sealed. Now, you can try elbow grease. You can try two big guys pulling in opposite directions. You can try a screwdriver and prying them apart, but that ruins the bucket. 
Or got to drill a little hole at the bottom. There you go, (laughs) Don. You have touched on the 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 solution to all solutions. So, coaches, everybody's got to drill. Now, if they've gotten stuck together, you're not putting water in them after it's over, right? You're you're using them for softballs, and honestly, probably having a a hole or two in the bottom so that they breathe a little bit, so they don't get funky and musty, is probably a good idea to begin with, anyhow. But so let's say you got those two buckets that are stuck together. You've tried everything you can think about. I've done it. Yeah. So. Here's the the secret. You take the drill, you drill a hole in the bottom bucket, let a little bit of air in there, and that usually gives you enough relief, enough of the suction has been left out to pull them apart at that point in time. But if not, if you can get some compressed air, you put a little compressed air in there, you can pop them right apart. That's so cool. I've tried to pinch them between my ankles and tear up your fingernails oh yeah pull them apart and yeah no and 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 i've seen at least two or three times Mm -hmm. it's been me and some other big fat guy at the ballpark you know like tug of warren on the things trying to pull them apart hugging the bottom and 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 nothing nothing's bringing those things apart so drill a couple holes in the bottom so that the air can escape you get rid of the suction and if you drill one hole in the bottom of two buckets that absolutely will not come apart and you take the little nozzle and shoot a little compressed air in there, they will pop apart like a party favor. Awesome. But so if you're going to stack the buckets to save space, eventually you're going to have one giant bucket that's 10 buckets deep. And <laughs> you know the, the reason that uh, this is one of those things that we always talk about is because it's one of those really embarrassing things when you're out at practice. It's frustrating. Trying to get those buckets apart so that you can have, you know, three or four buckets at a station so you can yeah. pick up balls faster or you can spread the balls out so you can run a hitting circuit or whatever. And you spend 10 minutes fighting with the bucket, trying to get it apart so that you can use it. Or at camps and clinics, all that. Yeah. Right. You got to so, conserve uh, space, but yeah. Yeah. And it'd be nice if you bought all your buckets from the same guy and got, you know, 15 Walmart buckets that all stack nicely and do come apart ni- easily. But when you've got you know, three or four old paint buckets that you got from the guy that you know that's a painter, and you got the three or four Walmart buckets, and you got the three or four Home Depot buckets, and the two random buckets that you just got wherever you got them, guess what? They're not going to fit together nicely. They're not going to come apart easily. So don't stack them. If you do stack them, drill some holes in the bottom so that you can pull them apart. And the other thing that we talked about on those musty, nasty, wet mornings when the balls are all wet and sticky... If you put them in a bucket breathe. that's got uh, holes in the bottom, they'll dry out faster and they won't get as musty and funky. If you got that lid on it, yeah. So, Don, anything else for 158? No, I think we're we're ready for a nice spring, and hopefully they're getting better weather up north, and uh, we are got a lot of good softball yeah, to play. Well, well, speaking of that, my friends at Georgia Tech got uh, snowed out at Syracuse this weekend, Ooh. so they're not going, they're not going to Syracuse because it's snowing up there. There so. you go. Aye, aye, aye. But uh, hopefully everybody enjoyed this episode. We got a chance to talk about a couple of different things. Uh, we'll get uh, uh, back into the nuts and bolts stuff a little bit more next week. Um, please make sure you check out our sponsors, Anderson Bat Company. Remember the 20% discount. You go to andersonbat.com, enter the EFP20 discount code. Make Fast. sure you check out patreon.com slash everythingfastpitch. Uh, please become a patron. If you're in a position where you can support us financially, Coach Don and I would really appreciate it. Make sure you check out fastpitchprep.com. That's where you can order your Square Cuts training discs. 10% discount for all our listeners. I listen 21 and uh, tons of information, tons of blogs, our YouTube channel, and uh, access to all that information is right there at fastpitchprep.com. Suggestions, ideas, topics you would like us to talk about, and definitely Player of the Week nominations. Reach out to us at everythingfastpitch at gmail.com 
or fastpitchprep at gmail.com. So, Don, anything else for 158? No, looking forward to a great week, Tori. Good deal. For our uh, producer, Stan Lewis, and Coach Don McKinley, this is Coach Tori in the Cherokee Batting Range Podcast Studio saying thanks for listening to 158, and we'll talk to you again next week. 